With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the hashtag Free UAB Sports Report. My name is Chip Lake, and I'll be your host for today. Uh, a lot of activity to get caught up on today. Um, it's been a while since we last had the show, and I do apologize. Um, I know I said at the conclusion of the prior show that we wanted to try to have these shows on a frequent basis, and I did not live up to my end of the bargain for the month of April, so I do apologize, but I do want to uh, talk uh, today briefly about uh, a lot of activity that's gone on in the last three weeks since we last were with you to get everybody caught up to speed, and then uh, we're going to try to do another show uh, at the end of next week as well. And then uh, we're going to try to go bi-weekly, um, bi-weekly after that. Uh, since we last talked, um, four or five things I wanted to discuss today on the show. First and foremost, uh, a study, UAB, UAB um, alumni and UAB donor, anonymous UAB donor, paid $20,000 uh, for the firm OSKR to conduct an investigation into the school's decision to cancel its football program. If we all remember, throughout the end of 2014 and throughout all of 2015, we have been lied to by Ray Watts and the University of Alabama trustees with respect to why the decision was made to cut the football program at UAB. in spite of the fact that Representative Jack Williams from Vestavia Hills in Alabama released over 114 pages of documentation that clearly indicates uh, a contrary position with respect to the timing of the decision to end the football program, leaders within the university, particularly President Ray Watts, have stuck to the story that the decision to uh, terminate the football program was not made until mid-November of 2014. Now, keep in mind, folks, this is the first uh, Division I football program to be terminated in just under 20 years. 19 years ago was the last time a Division I football program has been terminated, and that was University of Pacific out in California, and with all uh, due respect to my friends in California, this is Alabama. Uh, four out of the last six BCS national champions uh, championship programs have been from the state of Alabama. This is the southeast. Football is DNA in the southeast, and in a large part of the country, too. So uh, not very happy that uh, University of Alabama in Birmingham becomes the uh, last program in 19 years, the first program in 19 years, the last program since the University of the Pacific to shut their shut their program down. Why was the program shut down? Well, if you read the talking points from Bill Carr, Carr Sports Consulting, uh, from Ray Watts, the president of UAB, and from the 
member of the University of Alabama Board of Trustees, they're going to tell you it was a financial decision. Well, we all know that that's not true. Um, it does appear, depending on whose numbers that you look at, that the football program might or might not have been making money and might or might not have been financially solvent. But it's very clear when you study the financials and when you look at all the documentation that has been released to the public that is now in the public domain, this had been in the works for a long, long time. And, folks, athletic programs are the DNA of a university. Um, and most of them, a large portion of them, are not revenue-generating. Um, they don't make money for the university, but it is an expense that the university incurs um, uh, in order to have a greater profile, in order to attract more students, more student-athletes. Um, and the uh, uh, University of Alabama at Birmingham uh, is going to go through this coming football season in 2015 for the first time in over two decades without a football program. Um, one of the interesting things that I saw as I was going through kind of notes for today's show, we've talked a lot about debt service. And um, I looked into a, a lot of what those debt service numbers means. Now, full disclosure, I live outside of Atlanta, Georgia, but I did go to Auburn University, and so I am not a fan of the University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa. I'm not a Crimson Tide fan. Um, but I, I think in order to be objective when we are talking about what's going on with respect to UAB and what's going on with respect to the makeup and the decisions and the actions of the Board of Trustees, uh, I think we all have to um, give the University of Alabama credit for having the most successful football program over the last decade. Um, and it pains me to say that, being an Auburn graduate and an Auburn fan. But I don't think there's any doubt, and I think it, it, you'd probably get very few people who would argue with that, that Nick Saban has built uh, a very successful program and over the last decade um, probably been the most successful football program in the country. And, by the way, they have done all of this while UAB has had a football program. So... Over the last month, as Representative Jack Williams and Representative Jabo Wagner, excuse me, Senator Jabo Wagner, have had legislation in Montgomery to reform the Board of Trustees, University of Alabama Board of Trustees, the powers that be on the Board of Trustees have made a concerted effort to make this a battle between the University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa against UAB. And I think they've failed in those efforts because it's not a battle between University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa and University of Alabama at Birmingham. They both can exist and have successful athletic programs, not to the detriment of the other. Now, keep in mind, um, depending on what numbers you look at, and we're going to talk about some. We're going to talk a little bit more about this study that UAB um, uh, that uh, an anonymous donor. Uh, kick $20,000 in for, for OSKR. We're going to talk a little bit about that. 
Um, but on top of the core report, uh, the car report, which was released, which was written in the summer of 2014 and released in mid-November of 2014, the, the same report, and that's the document that President Ray Watts is pointing to to say, hey, you know, these decisions by the car, uh, the car sports team um, led us to the dec- very difficult decision to cancel football. Um, not the case. They were brought in for a predetermined mission, and they fulfilled that mission for their client. Um, Ray Watts also has another firm that's going to do another study, and that study is supposed to be released within the next couple of weeks, and let me tell you what that study is going to say. It's going to back up the findings of the Carr Report. Does anybody really believe that the new study will not confirm the old study? Now we have a third study the OSKR report, and that new study paints a different picture than the CAR report study. And I wanted to talk about that just briefly. Um, Vincent Frank from Forbes.com wrote a very good story, and he's actually been following this situation uh, over the last six or nine months, and I encourage everybody to go onto his website or his Twitter feed to read the article. He he wrote an article on the 24th of April titled, Study Shows UAB Football Program Was Financially Solvent. Really? Um, That's that's not news to a lot of us, but it certainly contradicts the talking points that we have been given and that we have been getting from leaders at the university, not a very small group of leaders at the university telling us contrary. in a, uh, and here's uh, ex- excerpts of Vincent Frank's article. The likely reason behind administrators looking to snuff out the study is because they did not like the findings, which were made public this week. Amongst the findings, um, said football, bowling, and rifle at UAB were effectively break-even to slightly positive financially. Anticipated improvements in football ticket sales in new college football playoff revenue would outpace UAB's new expenses from cost of attendance stipends and unlimited food allowances. And that's a very important that's a very important part of that study that we're going to get into in just a minute. Um, because the college football playoff revenue is substantial and it w- would have been substantial for UAB, but it will not now, and we'll, we'll talk in just a minute about why it isn't. But I think you, you have to include those figures when you're doing a realistic assessment on whether or not the program is solvent. Um, back in September, this blog, and I'm quoting from the Forbes.com article that Vincent Prank wrote back in December, this blog focused on the cancellation of the football program and the rampant corrupt, corruption that came with it. Um, we can talk about numbers all day. And um, uh, But this isn't about numbers. The reality is this was in the works for a long, long time. And if you don't believe me, let's look at the debt service numbers for the University of Alabama at Birmingham and the University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa. In 2010, total debt outstanding on athletic facilities in 2010 for the University of Alabama at Birmingham was – Zero. Not a dime of debt service. Well, a lot of folks might say, well, that's great. That is fantastic. What a, what, a, what a fiscally responsible university. What a great way to run a university. It doesn't have any debt. Um, 
folks, this isn't the federal government. Um, if you don't have any debt, you don't have any investments in college athletics. And if you don't believe me, the outstanding debt for the most successful football program in the country, University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa in 2010, over $222 million. Think about that for a second. 2010, University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa, which generates a tremendous amount of revenue, might be one of the largest revenue-generating programs in the country, $222 million in debt service. Now, the good news is, if you are concerned about the debt from Alabama, uh, as of last year, Alabama had shaved the debt service down to $181 million. And I'm not being critical of the university for that number. What that tells us is they are investing in the program and they're seeing a return. 2013, University of Alabama at Birmingham, zero dollars in debt service. So the last four years that the program, football program existed, it didn't have a dime of investment, not a dime. And not only do they not have a dime of investment, but they didn't seek any private investment. As we talked about in previous shows, UAB is not only the um, largest university in Jefferson County, uh, which is the largest county in the state of Alabama, but they're the largest employer. They have more employees at the university than they do students. And the reason they do that is because all the work that the university does nationally acclaimed in healthcare and medicine. So the largest employer in the state of Alabama, um, in the biggest city in the state of Alabama, gets their football program cut. And the trustees and the university president want all of us to believe that it was about money. And here's my point on all these, on all these studies, folks. I'm not going to sit here and I, and I haven't. Um, I'm not an expert on sports studies, but I can read. And um, I do most of my work in the field of public relations and politics. And I can tell you, I've seen a lot of studies. I've seen a lot of polling, a lot of research. And when you start a research project or a poll or you're doing a focus group, um, you, you, want, you want something out of that exercise. And we can argue all day about whether the CAR numbers were correct, about whether OSKR numbers out of California were correct. There's a new firm that will release numbers in two weeks that will likely mirror what the CAR report said. It, it's, not about, it's not about money. If you're going to make a decision to terminate a football program, and as difficult a decision as they said that it was, even though it was not, don't you have to do everything you can possibly do in your power to say, we, we've done all we can do to make this program succeed, and we just have run out of options? Not a dime was ever solicited for donors, from donors, to try to make up the gap that the carport says the university had. Not one attempt was to do that, even though President Ray Watts said, they've looked for donors and they can't find them. It's not true. Name me one donor that President Watts um, solicited to try to save this football program. Why is that important? Well, John Solomon yesterday, uh, just yesterday, this article isn't even uh, 24 hours old, Solomon from CBSSports.com, National College Football Writer, and I believe John Solomon uh, lives in Birmingham and has covered this issue extensively for CBS Sports, has uh, an article out 
with a source telling him that Conference USA will not change bylaws to keep UAB without football. Now, why is that important? Well, let's talk about it a little bit. Um, According to John's source, Conference USA has communicated to UAB that the league won't amend its bylaws to keep the Blazers without football. Um, That's important because of this reason. UAB would not receive a full revenue share next year if conference in Conference USA if it stays one more academic year. UAB is expected to receive between 2.2 and 2.4 million this fiscal year from Conference USA. The college football playoff is expected to be worth another $800,000 for UAB. Conference USA's postseason football revenue increase by about 500% this year due to the college football playoff compared to past revenue from the BCS. So think about that for a second. Conference USA's, let's read that again. Conference USA's postseason football revenue will increase by 500% this year compared to what they were getting from the BCS. So when UAB eliminated football, bowling, and rifle in December, The report that the university used, the car report, which we just talked about, did not include a financial model for accounting with no Conference USA revenue. And that's a big deal. Um, And I suspect the new report that we're going to see in two weeks that tells us the same thing that the car report told us will not have any of those those data points as well. Why is that important? Well, we saw with a lot of the documents that Representative Williams released his press conference Now, UAB has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, since this announcement um, trying to improve their image, paying attorney's fees, and lying to the public about why they made these decisions. Had they invested those dollars in trying to save and trying to invest in a football program, which for the first time in 24 years was ball eligible last year, perhaps we would be in a different position than we are today. We would be in a different position than we are today. So if Conference USA does indeed come out with an announcement that um, that it will not amend its bylaws to accept UAB without football, that is bad, bad, bad news for the Board of Trustees and for President Ray Watts, uh, who have been telling us for months that they believe the communications that they have had with leaders within the conference indicate that they are likely to stay. Very bad news for them. Um, Pivoting a little bit to the search for an athletic director at UAB, uh, it was announced earlier this week that UAB is down to three candidates for the purposes of, uh, they have a finalist, I'm sorry, they have a um, uh, three finalists for the position of athletic director. There were interviews conducted at Parker Executive Search in Atlanta, who the university hired to lead the search for a new athletic director. Those interviews happened over the course of the last two weeks, and it's down to three candidates. Before we get into the three candidates, one of which will become the next athletic director at UAB, let's talk about um, one of the 11 finalists that got an interview but didn't make the shortlist, Joe Dean Jr. Joe Dean Jr. is currently the athletic director at Birmingham Southern College. Uh, 
and he interviewed with the search committee, with the Parker Search Committee in Atlanta. Dean also currently works as a college college basketball analyst for the SEC Network. Um, and he told uh, AL.com's Kevin Skarbinski that during his interview, he said, quote, to be honest, I told them I supported football, and I think UAB should have football, Dean Jr. told AL.com. It's been one of the greatest things that ever happened to our school. The athletic director has to do what he or she is instructed to do. But if I was asked, I would say, let's have football. It's a great part of the undergraduate experience. Not surprisingly, Joe Dean Jr. did not make the short list uh, to interview with President Watts this week, and he will not be the next athletic director at UAB. But let's talk about the three candidates that will. Um, uh, John Fagg, the senior associate athletic director, for administration and governance at the University of Arkansas. Um, he is the son of a former college football coach, and he's been an assistant college football coach himself. So John Fagg at Arkansas um, certainly uh, has an extensive football background. He also helped A.D. Jeff Long recruit Brett Bielema to become the head football coach of the Razorbacks. So John Fagg is a candidate, second candidate, a gentleman by the name of David Harris, and David Harris is at Iowa State right now in the Big 12. And he's the sports administrator at the University for Football, Men's Basketball, and Wrestling, which is a big deal up in Ames at Iowa State. And he's currently serving as acting AD, um, while Jamie Pollard, uh, who is the athletic director at Iowa State, is recovering from some health problems. Jamie Pollard had a heart attack last month, and uh, we all wish him a great recovery. But David Harris is uh, currently serving in that role while Pollard recovers from his heart attack. Harris also worked at Wisconsin, uh, and his alma mater is Old Miss, uh, where he played football and he lettered for three years. So John Fagg and David Harris, the first two candidates that we're going to talk about, both have extensive football backgrounds. The third candidate, uh, Mark Ingram, uh, the associate vice president, not the not the former running back, not the Heisman Trophy winning running back of Alabama, Mark Ingram is the associate, the associate vice president and executive senior associate AD at Temple University in the American Athletic Conference. His background is in athletic development and fundraising. He's also worked at Georgia, Missouri, and at his alma mater uh, in Tennessee. Ingram also played football at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. So all three of the candidates very interestingly, have football backgrounds, and here, here's here's my question, and and here's what it's going to be very it's going to be very interesting to see how this develops. These three applicants, Fag Harris and Ingram, are all visiting UAB this week, or they've all visited UAB this week to meet with President Ray Watts, senior administrators, athletic department officials, coaches, student athletes, and search committee members who couldn't travel to Atlanta for the first round of interviews. Now. Let's talk about that for a second. I wonder how those meetings I wonder how those meetings went with those three individuals. Can you imagine being an outsider, not being from the state of Alabama, not seeing every day the activities surrounding the hashtag free UAB football movement, not seeing every day the actions of the trustees and the school president. I'm sure they've done internet searches and I'm sure they're I'm sure before they interviewed with Parker Executive Search they certainly made themselves aware of the situation. 
but to what degree and and to what to what um uh, at, at at what part of the interview interview process how was it addressed what questions did they ask what questions did the search committee have of them and i um as I had mentioned earlier, I, I do a lot of public relations work, a lot of political work. I have some employees of mine, and then we we have clients. And when we have clients, the first thing that I always uh, I always understand when I have clients is who who is my boss? Who do I have to make sure is happy with the job that I am doing? Um, who is my direct report? Who hired me? Um, what do they want for me? What am I supposed to deliver for them? What are they expecting me to do for the compensation that they are giving me? You've really got to wonder how those conversations went in the interview room, how they went in Atlanta at Parker Search. And so if these individuals, and it's Thursday, and it does say in the article that John – uh, I'm sorry, that John Talty wrote uh, yesterday on AL.com. It says that the university wants to be in a position to make the decision by May 1st. That's tomorrow, folks. So it could be tomorrow there could be an announcement with respect to who the next AD is at UAB. And so if they brought these three candidates in, it's it's understandable that they would meet with President Ray Watts. I would expect that that would be the case. But then they meet with senior administrators, athletic department officials, coaches, student athletes, and search committee members who couldn't travel to Atlanta next week. Now, let's recap. Um, let's recap how many um, organizations within the university have called for the resignation of Ray Watts and have voted in no confidence of President Ray Watts. Student body, student body executive government, SGA, voted a no confidence resolution back in December for the University of President. The graduate student body followed them the next day. The Alumni Association at UAB has called for the president's resignation. And if you spend any time on campus, you you know that the school president, Dr. Watts, can't even walk on campus without an armed without armed guards escorting them around campus. So I'm really curious to see if these three candidates actually, when they came to the university, if they met with anybody but President Watson, if they did meet with all these other individuals, what they told them about what they're about to get into. And not only not only that, but if you wanted, and all three of these individuals have never been athletic directors before. This will be their first athletic director job, and only one of them is going to get the job. But none of these three candidates have been an athletic director at a university before. This will be their first crack. Think about what they're walking into, folks. Think about what they're about to walk into, number one. And then number two, who do they answer to? Who were they told the answer to? President Ray Watts? Did they answer to the Board of Trustees? The University of Alabama Board of Trustees? Because if you come into this university at this point in time, 
and you are told to do what the president and the trustees want you to do, and I can understand if that's what the instructions are, then you're probably not going to last very long in this environment because Dr. Watts is not going to be leading this university in the long term. It's just not possible. You can't have an individual that nobody has confidence in that has repeatedly lied to those individuals that he's supposed to be leading. You can't have him lead an institution like UAB. And I'd be shocked. I'm actually shocked he's still there today. But I'd be shocked if he makes it through the summer as the president of UAB. I suspect he will be given a large severance package and probably become a rich man. And then, But who succeeds him? Um, and I tell you, if the athletic director comes in, if the new athletic director comes in, whoever it may be, and decides that individual is going to be leading the effort to oppose what the student body, the Alumni Association, and many people around the state of Alabama are doing to try to bring football back to UAB, that person might have to leave when Dr. Watts leaves, which will be a very, very short tenure um, for athletic director. So it will be very interesting to see um, who the uh, university hires. And, and look, if you're a new athletic director at a university, when you are introduced, uh, it's, it's uh, traditional that you are introduced at a press event, at a press conference. So if that ends up happening, can you imagine how that introductory press conference for whoever this individual may be will be completely different than any other introductory press conference for an athletic director in any other university in the country at any time. This could be, they might carry this live on the network stations in Birmingham. It'll be a big, big news event, and I look forward to watching it and hearing from this individual to see how they tackle the very sensitive issue on, um, on what is going on right now. A um, couple quick things before we... Uh, um, before we conclude today, um, two, senior U, two senior UAB digital media students, Courtney Cower and Michael Shikani, and I hope I'm pronouncing Michael's name correctly. If I'm not, Michael, I apologize. But last week, these two students released a 13-minute documentary on the football team's elimination, and I am telling you, it is awesome. If you wanna, uh, if you're if you're listening to the show, whether you're whether you're um, whether you're from Alabama or not from Alabama, you really need to take 13 minutes and watch what these two students have come up with for their documentary that they are calling they are titling Fourth Down. It'll bring. Um, chill bumps to you. They did a, a phenomenal job. I was able to find the documentary on the website thepostgame.com www.thepostgame.com is where I found it and they really did a tremendous job with it and so if you have some time and you're interested in this issue please go look at that. Um, it is um, um, it's a great start for something that really should be picked up as part of a larger story. I really think all the politics, 
all the players and all the activities surrounding why this football program was eliminated in this state at this time really could be a, a phenomenal 30 for 30 uh, production for ESPN. And I know um, it's one of the things that Michael said he was kind of hoping would would um, would would gain enough attention so that somebody like an ESPN might start asking questions, a little bit more questions, into the activities surrounding the elimination of the football program. And if they do decide at some point in time to come in and do a 30 for 30 special or a feature, they will have a tremendous amount of content to choose from. So uh, congratulations to Courtney Cowart and Michael Chicaney. They did a great job, and I encourage everybody to go look at that. Uh, Derek Slaughter, UAB former UAB linebacker Derek Slaughter, he graduated last week. Um, so congratulations on Derek for graduation. But he, he also made a very strong statement at graduation. When he walked on stage, he walked on stage not with a, um, a cap and a tassel on his cap. He walked on stage with his UAB Blazer football helmet. So congratulations and great statement from Derek Slaughter um, sticking up for UAB football and the free UAB movement. Um, last, uh, the last announcement I wanna I wanna make: uh, NFL draft starts tonight in Chicago. First time they are uh, doing the NFL draft in Chicago. Moved from New York City. So next three days, um, uh, teams from all over the NFL will be going through seven rounds of draft and then inviting free agents to camp, getting concluded with that draft process. And we want to wish J.J. Nelson, UAB wide receiver J.J. Nelson, uh, the best. Uh, good chance. We certainly hope that J.J. gets picked up. Uh, projections are that he's likely to go uh, in, in the late rounds, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Great kid. We wish him all the best and uh, hope one of these teams um, uh, spends a draft pick on J.J. Nelson. They will be getting a solid student athlete in the late rounds. So we wish J.J. and any other UAB football players that might have an opportunity to get drafted or if they don't get drafted might get a look as a, uh, as a free agent and get invited to camp so that some of these, school, uh, some of these NFL teams can look at them. Um, with that, uh, we will be making an announcement online that we will publish through uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter next week on when our next show is, and uh, it will be after the NFL draft, and we will get into a lot more information that we just didn't have an opportunity to get into today, but I want to thank everybody for uh, blogging on, downloading this podcast, and listening to this show, and uh, we will be back in about a week, week and a half, and we'll see you then. Thanks so much.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.